friends, welcome to Millennial Mayhem. I'm Coco. And I'm Kat. And we're excited to have you here to talk about what not to do as millennials trying to make it in the business world. We're learning off each other's mistakes and experiences and hope to support you with a like-minded community that can share their thoughts with us. We're so excited to have you along for this journey. We hope you enjoy the banter and laughs as much as we do. Hey guys, welcome back to Millennial Mayhem. I'm Kaz. And I am Coco. And today I am going to be quizzing Coco on how he started off uh, sourcing his freelancers for his amazing uh, software, online software. So, um, Sounds good, Caroline. I, Sounds great. Yes, yeah, so it kind of was sparked from a friend asking what um, platforms Coco used to find his resources and manage that. And I thought it would just be a uh, fun little short topic we could talk on because everyone, I think, needs freelancers eventually. Um, and a lot of people we've found that I speak to, that Caroline's spoken to, have been ripped off. Mm. And, you know, we've touched on it in previous, I guess, podcasts. And it's, it's just really finding from my mistakes or, or what I've learned and the experiences that I've had, how to get the best out of uh, the developers or even marketing guys, email marketing even finding online courses so you can get yourself educated. So when you do talk to these people, that you're not left in the dark. Mm. Um, I think, you know, one good example of that is a mechanic. We go to a mechanic and we trust them. How do we know if it works? We don't. We just make sure that we build that bond with them and hopefully if it breaks down, they fix it at a good cost. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, I mean, you don't just know how to fix a car, so... Same as developers, it's one of those things where you just have to have trust in those people. And how do you find, how do you build that trust? Is it through all the reviews? Is it through the software that you find them? So I think we're going to dive into that a little bit today because I generally, I definitely need some freelancers in my line of work and I don't, I've never really had any guidance on how to find them. And I know Coco's had some great results with the people that he's found. Um, and also, you know, some people that he hasn't had some great results with. So he's got a lot to, to share with you guys. So uh, I'm going to ask you first, Coco, um, how did you start the process of um, looking at finding what you needed to freelance or what, what you needed to outsource to people? Um, yeah, I guess for, for me, it's really looking at where I was in my job, like what people were around me because that was a successful business or a business, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand is when you get to a startup, you will eventually need those people. So how can you get the best results at the minimum cost or like bootstrapping mm. a project and looking at you might need someone to help you with marketing, might need someone to help you with, you know, UX and UI design. And, you know, for me, I, I got investment. I got a UX and UI design within Australia because, you know, for me, it was finding someone uh, through a referral, um, through a friend. So I knew he was in developing a software or developing something like that. I just reached out to him and go, mate, can I have a coffee? Um, this is sort of what I'm looking for. Do you know anyone in that? And I think that's a great way to start because mm. you can get an understanding of who people have had an interaction with. So it's not just cold looking up on Google and finding the person that's ranked the best because, you know, they might not be or have the best product or service. Mm. So I did that. I sat down with him. He introduced me to these people. And for me, you know, when you do get an investment or if you've got money there and you want to start your own business, I think a lot of people try and build the product first and then go to market, which is fantastic and it's worked. For me, it was really about understanding how it looks because with development, if you don't know how it looks from a developer's point of view, they can't build it. 
And it's, it's so true. And I went through that process um, and it was, you know, someone that I knew who was a developer, I came up with the idea, go, mate, what can we do? You know, we worked for three months constantly together. And he's like, it took him three months. And then I pitched this idea to him where it's like, imagine that you don't have to open another tab to get into your email. He's like, what do you mean? And I explained that if you could use, and you're looking at news.com or google.com or a proposal, and you open up an email, very much similar to say your Facebook Messenger on your phone, how cool would that be? Mm. And it clicked. Because I didn't have anything in front of me to show him, it didn't work. Once I got that UX or UI design, and for people who don't know what that is, it's <coughs> sort of like architecture and interior design for a building. So it just yeah. gives you that infrastructure. So it's all about building that communication <coughs> with the person that you eventually source, yeah. right? And, and for sure, like a lot of people think, you know, Upwork, um, Fiverr's very good, and they are very good. Fiverr, probably not as good as um, Upwork. These are all things that you can find online. Mm -hmm. But the people that I needed was a development company or a development freelancer that could give me a product that works. Um, a development for a website that could do that for me. Mm -hmm. um, a marketing person as well, whether they came on or you know helped me do it. You know that's what I sort of consult on. But if we're looking at sort of soft and SaaS um, products, always happy to pay someone, sit down and understand what they know about it, so then it can help me. And the way that I looked at it was Upwork. You have to go through a vetting process, um, and these are people from across the world, right? You reach out to them or you post a job and you filter it. And what you have to understand, it's exactly like going for a job, but you're the employee. Uh, these people want to work with you, but they need to prove themselves. So what I did was like, you know, show me what you've done in your previous work. Mm -hmm. How can you tell me that what I'm doing and what I want to achieve, how can you better the product? That's interesting. Right? Mm. Bettering the product I already Test have. Test them a little bit. Yeah, right? And then... What a lot of people do is they pay software companies or what you hear is people pay software companies up front and they'll keep you hostage, right? Until the, the, they've finished it. What I did and, and I knew what had happened is like I went in milestones and I remember when I spoke to you about going into milestones, you're mm. like, wow, how and has guys, no this was, one ever yeah, such told me this? Such a smart way of thinking about it. And so milestones, it's, it's pretty much like getting promoted at work. But with a freelancer, it's like, you know, I want you to build... This feature, quote me, it's going to be $300. Okay, perfect. Start with something small. How are you going to be able to provide me with visibility? And how long is it going to take? This, this, and this, perfect. Here's 50%, guys. I would suggest paying 50%. Go and get started. Get the other 50% once you finish the task. Because then what they want to do is provide you with a great product and provide you with it in a speedy time because then they're going to get the money, right? If you don't do it, you lose control and you need to be able to stay in control of your business as well as the people that you are bringing on to help you, right? Mm. And what I really like to do is put it in dot form. So what I do with my consulting stuff is like, okay, these are the 10 dot points that I'm going to do for you. This is the price. Do you agree on this? Yes. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, no, no. Okay. Well, after I finish those 10 dot points, the work after that is additional, right? Great. So there's no ad hoc. There's no hurdles. There's no left, right. No, you should have done this, done that, you know, and that's come from where we've been. You know, someone sold something. It was totally different than what we've worked on. There is no miscommunication. I give updates. If I go have a meeting, I provide them. Or if I had Skype calls with these developers, 
and I felt happy with them is I would schedule a meeting every week. Tuesday night, 5 p.m. 15 minute Skype call. They use Trello or anything online, Slack, to give me communication. Mm. This is what I'm going to work on. Visibility is important. 100%. Yeah. Because I think the, the big thing for me is I told them, be transparent. If you cannot get it done, tell me. Don't tell me five weeks down the road. Tell me right now, mate, I'm sick, don't have enough time, I've got other projects. If you're transparent with me and you're open, I'm happy. I am happy, right? When you're talking about price and you're negotiating on price, this is where you can go to a person within Australia. And what I've learned is always go local before you go global. So that's why I wanted to get my UX and UI designs done in Australia so I could physically see what it was, go to their office and go, that's perfect. Now, that's when they quoted me 160 plus GST for development. Unrealistic because it's an agency, right? Where I found a freelancer, I posted it up on Upwork, who's a specialty at Chrome extensions? Bang, gave me a list. Bang, reached out to people. Mm. Bang, they applied. Went through the vetting process. Started working with them. What had happened is the first person I went was like, look, mate, I'm getting too much work. I've just got a full-time job. I can't keep doing this, but I have no friend who will do it for you. And because I had such a good relationship with him, it moved on to that. Mm. And then I've, got, I've worked with that one for two months now, and now he's got a full-time job. And now I brought the development, because it's at that MVP stage where it's, everything's fine and it's working really well, is I brought it to Sydney. right? And I've saved myself so much money from doing it that way, getting specialty out of the people mm, and then even coming mm. back and going, this is where I am at, guys. People in Australia, this guy, I pay $50 an hour. We work on Trello, same thing. Mate, how much does this feature or what are you going to do for this work for this week? A lot of people just go, mate, I'll build you by hour, I'll build you by project. And the first time I did it was I built by project, right? But it didn't have a timeline. Mm. Because they could be like, oh no, this project's had this issue, this issue, this issue. Did I know it had the issue? I don't know. But it took a lot more time. Mm. Where if you have that control and you're precise and you're concise, <clears throat> you get results. So sorry, so you build, you build by, um, by hour and milestone. Correct. Yeah. Either or. The first time I built by milestone, um, which worked well, but before that, I just let them do whatever. Then I built by milestone, milestone and then I build, because it's just the last little bit, it's just by a feature or like mm. um, 10 hours of testing. Mm. So that's what I would suggest, guys. Um, really u- using Upwork and, and utilizing that. And talk to as many people as you know. Jump on your LinkedIn if you have LinkedIn. Jump mm. up to people like in my connections or friends of yours that are in an industry or you know that have spoken to someone that you're looking for, just take them out for a coffee, spend 10 bucks and just talk to them. Mm. Chuck some ideas out there, see what they suggest because at the end of the day, <clears throat> they probably know more, more than you. Yeah, or someone that might know someone that does know more than them exactly. or that has the right solution for the question you're asking. 100% and yeah. we're not all going to know everything and you know that's very much evident in anything that you do. If you can c- continue to grow and ask the right questions, you'll continue to do the best, mm. you know, mm. like, and I asked someone yesterday, how can I get more visibility for a website? And this is something that would work for you is you can put FAQ schema into your website. So if it's a frequently asked question, you can actually rank for that. It's like, 
Mm. Never thought of that. Yeah. Fantastic. Now you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to implement mm. it. 100%. Right? Yeah, and that's... I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a simple thing. Um, when you always ask for work that they've done mm. and, and really, really be concise on what you want to achieve. Don't go and try and find someone if you don't know what you want to achieve mm. and what work they want to complete. Yeah. And I feel like finding that relationship is also pretty important so that you can discuss this stuff in depth with the person that you're working with directly, you know. I feel like with freelancers, there's a bit of a stigma around not having that relationship with the person. It's kind of like, I'll pay per hour and you just do your thing. But I feel like the way that you've done it where you actually build a relationship with the person that you're working with is the best way to do it because it opens up that next level of visibility. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading a book for a while, everyone, I swear, has read it, but for our work week, I was a bit late to catch on to it. <laughs> 10 years late. Anyway. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but Tim Ferriss actually goes into depth about outsourcing and finding people to do some you know, parts of the work for you. Um, and he also says relationship building is the number one thing that people just don't do when, they, when it comes to freelancers and, and literally outlining exactly what they need to do in very, very clear instructions. Yeah, and that's very much comes into payment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been, I think, once or twice that when we finish the work and the payment hasn't gone through is always check up with them hey did that payment come through oh mate it didn't you know and that's a similar payment mm. that we spoke about yeah it's like, look, just follow it up yeah, you, you know you've got to be on it you got to make sure that because they're doing their work that you pay them what happens when you're in an opposite position you know you're working at a bar you're working at the liquor store or you're working at a hospital and you don't get paid on time mm. that's devastating so you've got to treat them with the same respect because they're literally building your product. They're helping you build a business that you want to actually, uh, I guess, succeed in and just be that person that you wish you had in front of you, mm. you know, and that's something that you've had. And, you know, when you, before you started at where you are now is remember you're trying to do that freelance stuff with the hair care and all that and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. how much of a mess that it's was. It's a hassle. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's cause you're just like, oh, just let me know when I can do that. You know, yeah. you've got to be, you got to push, yeah. you know, you got to, you yeah. got to be a little bit selfish, you know, what can you achieve? Cause if you can't do it, and this is what I found is like, I have a lot of people that could have done it in Australia, a lot of people that could have <laughs> helped me, but how could I incentivize them? Mm. You know, and you got to be selective. Don't give away equity in a company if you haven't built a product. Yeah. Or, or if you don't want to. Yeah. Or you don't want to, right? It's, mm. it's very much, you don't have to go down that road. And I've seen a lot of people give equity away, whether it's been successful or not, that's not the matter, but don't just give equity away because it's like, if you believe in that product so mm. much, wouldn't you want to experience the full potential of that mm. for yourself? Right. And you, and it's really a, a good understanding of how you speak to that person as well. How precise, how honest, Ask about that day. Ask about what it is. You know, some of the times we jumped on the call, mm. we didn't even talk about the project. Yeah. Or even their ideas, what they would think and would make it better. And that's one of the things is like when they like, look, we've got two options to either put this button over here or put this button over here or use this code or this code. And I pretty much said, you know, what do you think? Mm. And they're like, you know what, from a developer's point of view, I can see this way because it's easier. But from a user's point of view, I can see this. Okay, okay. Let's try and meet in the middle. He's like, yeah, you know what? That'd be beneficial. And I, I kept telling them what the dream was in my head. It's a one-click solution for Gmail. One-click solution for Gmail. So when they were coding, they're like, okay, it's a one-click solution. 
So I want to make it as easy as possible for people to use Gmail. I want it to be as easy as possible for people to access Gmail tools and services. So when we've built it out and you've got those toolbars at the top, which mm. you saw and you're like, wow, that's actually, why don't they have that already? Guys, this, this, this Melee is going to be mind-blowing. It's actually amazing. Efficiency so... is like my thing and it, this is exceptional. <laughs> He's done an amazing job. And it's so... The big thing for me was how seamless it would look. Mm. Right? And, and that's when even you used the first, I think, prototype. You know, you were like, wow, that's mm. so simple. Mm. Spoke to your mum about it. This is so simple, it's stupid. Yeah. Everyone who, you know, uses Gmail and there's quite a lot of us that use it. It's it's <coughs> going to be simple. It's going to be a simple product and I think a lot of people are going to get benefit out of it. And what I want to be able to do is people who buy the product, they're not just buying the product. They're investing in my company so then I can continue to build products that will benefit you. Mm. Right? And I think there's a lot of the opposite in business. And I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but it's like, if I buy a product, okay, you're never going to talk to me again. You know, we bought this microphone. Are they ever going to talk to me again? No. But I want to be able to give you even better and better products. And the one where we're talking about, where it's a flagship product, where it's, you don't have to change tabs, and you've got it there, and it looks exactly the same. You can go into your inbox, you can go into your Gmail, um, you know, sent items, drafts, attachments. You can go into your calendar. You can look at your calendar. That's going to be the best thing. Mm. That is going to be potentially the one that will go global and it'll be simple. It'll be easy. We're going to try and make it as fast as possible because Gmail is slowing down, which is fine. But we want to be able to do that because there were so many times that I wanted a product where I was looking at Google Maps and I wanted to email someone and I had to go back to another tab. Mm. I had to use another screen. Yeah. Some ideas you can make millions and it's just a stupid idea that no one has been bothered with. You know who's like, so good? Is the Snuggie? Fantastic idea. I reckon yes. Right? It is, is it? Yeah. And wow. the one that you sit in the water, what's that thing that you slap people with? No idea. Um, Sounds kinky though. Whoa. Uh, you you sit on like a noodle. Noodle, yeah. That's a billion dollar business. What are you doing slapping people with noodles? Don't you fight with noodles? No, I used to. You know how they have like a tube, like a empty tube through them, and you fill it up with water, and you blow like an elephant at people. There's a tube in it. Mm-hmm. Like a hole that goes all the way through. Oh, so it's not an actual tube. It's just a hole. <clears throat> well, it is technically a tube because it's like a hole on either end, and there's a tube in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. People's gonna, pe people are gonna people know what know I'm talking what you're about. Yeah, they'll know. Yeah, they'll know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what other questions, Caroline? Um, do you have? Contracting. So, with freelancers, I know you said that um, Upwork and um, Fiverr are kind of good places to start. But if you said, you know, as you said, you found someone to do it through someone else that you knew, how do you go about contracting that person to make sure that they're gonna be there in the long term? Or if you need to break it off and they're not actually doing the job that you've asked them to, how are you gonna stop them from working on the project? So look, this is something that I, I speak to a lot of people about in regards to hiring and firing in big businesses, mm. right? It's like, I like to talk about and I've recently learned it and it's something that resonates so much is hire fast, fire slow, right? I thought it was fire fast, hire slow. No, okay. fire fast, and I'll tell you why. So yeah, fire fast, hire slow. No, hire, so forget what we just spoke about. Okay. I want people to hire fast and fire slow. 
Uh-huh. The reason is because we do it the total opposite in Australia. It takes about 68 days for someone to find a job, right? You're going through all these processes. You're going through this marketing job. Like you're taking forever. That's what, two months, right? If you jump into the job and you don't like the environment, you don't like the people around you, you don't like the career progression, why is it taking it two months, right? I'd rather go, you know what? Because every time you hire someone, it's a hunch. Mm. Why not get them in and see if they like it? Boom. You're in. This is what we're going to do. Now, because I've hired you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me how you're going to help me. And I'll set up like a, a two-month or a three-month sort of contract where it's like, <coughs> we'll touch base halfway through. It's like a probation period. Mm-hmm. I'll hire you for a month. That's fine. Yeah, and you have those tiers that they have to meet. Exactly. Yep. I'll hire you for a month, see if you work well, and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way. Because when you've got someone in there and they know how you work, it might not be because they're, per- they're really bad at what they do. It might be because you're not explaining it properly. You're so not you, showing them mm-hmm. exactly what you need. And that's what you can do in that time whilst they've hired. So you, you can't would go do that month, before. month to month. Month to month. Um, if they look good, you know, it, it really depends, especially with software, mm. is you don't know how much maintenance there's going to be, how much debugging there's going to be. So it's, it's really just an ongoing contract until mm. I cancel it. Yeah. Well, what happens if you get halfway through the, the, the project and then they say, actually, I've now got a full-time job and I can't work on this project anymore and they're the only ones that really know the code? So then how do you so that's happened, that? So that's happened twice. Yeah. So the, the first time was sort of he just pushed it over to the other developer because it was his friend. Mm. But this time it was like, look, I'm getting to this point where I know everything. So I was like, get me on GitHub where they develop the code. Tell me, give me a brief of what you've done and why you've done it and tell me all the bugs. But what I hadn't spoke about before was each month they actually gave me an Excel spreadsheet uh, at each week, an Excel spreadsheet had the tasks, mm. the hours they had done, the hours they had completed, and comments. So I have full visibility of what they've done already, mm. right? So I felt comfortable with that. Mm. And that's something where it's updated. I won't pay them unless they've given me that. Mm. And that gives me a lot more certainty because then it's like, okay, the code might not be the best or the product might not be the best or the service might not be the best. But when you've come here, you've got an understanding of why they've built that mm. and, and you, built it that way. Yeah. You just answered my next question too because I was going to ask, how do you... Um, how do you find out who owns the piece of work that's being done? I guess you just said that you'd pay for it as soon as, you know, you pay, you pay after you receive the code in your case, but how do you, how do you, I guess, keep track of who owns the, the stuff that they're doing? Is it just when you pay? So what I did was it's not when you pay, so mm-hmm. that can get very dangerous, mm. right? So at the beginning of everything that any person that I've spoken to, I think including yourself, other people, anyone who I've spoken about has signed an NDA, right? So it's a non-disclosure agreement that mm-hmm. sort of protects myself and the product. And some of them have got a service agreement. So after I've finished a service, the code that they're building, because it's under my watch or under my um, time that I've paid for, mm-hmm. it is all owned by me. And what I have done is, yes, there's a contract. Yes, there's... Um, signatures but what I've done is before I even started working with them is like would you be happy to sign an NDA right Mm, and that's fair I feel like people would get that all the time of course and if you don't say that then it becomes an issue Mm. don't be afraid to say if they if they don't want to walk away so I got a guy from New York that said mate you've got this solution your developers got this solution that I want to be able to use right because my developer was asking questions on a forum he he approached me Mm. 
And he's like, oh, mate, can we split the code? Like, I'll give you money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, no one else in the world has done it. And you've obviously known that. You're from New York. You're a big wig. You own a software company. Why are you coming to me? And he's like, oh, you know, because I think we could share the profits and all this sort of stuff. I go, well, that's a piece of code that I own. Rack off. Right? And I go, look, I'm happy to. You pay me five grand up front and you pay me a percentage of what you make off it and you pay and you sign a non-disclosure agreement. He's like, oh, when you get lawyers involved, it gets messy. No, when you get lawyers involved, it's clear. Mm. My lawyer is my lawyer. And mm. he, I paid for this to get done. I paid almost three grand out of the investment money to get lawyers set up, right? Mm. And that's what you need to be able to understand is mm. you need to have that clear in writing as well, multiple times, Skype, email, and the signatures, because then when it gets to a point and something's not said, people could come back and go, well... I was there from the beginning. Mm. You owe me 10%. Yeah. You owe me half the company. Yeah. Good on you. Here's all the evidence. Yeah. Very interesting. I think it's a really good point to put in that stuff. Those, those, you know, things and contracts in place at the very, very beginning before anyone actually gets involved. Make sure that there's that fine line to say, this is actually my work and you're just, you know, a yeah. sort of help. Yeah. So, and, you, and what you've got to understand, guys, is You'll have ups and downs with contractors, as you do with clients, as you do with any service, wherever you go, cafes, whatever. All you got to do is there's someone else out there that can help you. Mm. Don't get knocked down, man. There's so many times that I got knocked down because the <clears> developer <throat> was leaving. He'd never got back to me. He was overseas. He never re- wrote back to me. He wasn't online. There were three or four days there at the very beginning. It was like, where is he? He's like, oh, I had a long, long weekend. Family mm. was sick. Oh, that's nice. And I'm like, well, mate, your family's sick. Family comes first, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. They're not robots. Treat them with respect. And you just go, <laughs> you just go from, Caroline. Excuse you. That was your elbow, by the way, guys. That was his elbow. Uh, yeah, and just, and just make sure you have that conversation at the beginning. And I think a lot of people don't do that and you get a lot of, a lot of trouble. Mm. Yeah, really, really good point. So I hope, guys, that that um, helped your questions that you had for us. Um, and I definitely learned a couple of things from that and I'm going to keep pursuing my, uh, journey into freelance world. Um, you know, both myself actually doing some freelancing and sourcing some freelancers as well. And I think it's always going to be a rocky path, but, um, you know, the more that we can hear other people's experiences, the more we learn. So, um, and definitely yeah. find, try and find a way that works for you, yeah. you know, as, as you doing freelance work or trying to find a freelance work, it's just making sure that you're comfortable. You know, some people pay and, and they're like, I'm happy. Just give me this by this date. Yeah. Yeah. Some people will be really chilled out with it. Exactly. Yeah. Some people get over the top and yeah. that's where it costs you more. And then they yeah. go, look, you've paid me five grand. You've already used 500 hours. I'm not doing any more work. Mm. Here's the project back. Mm. See you later. Yeah. Gotta be careful of those ones. And I've let people go because mm. they've taken up my time too much. Mm. You know, three big clients. They weren't helping. They weren't being a part of it. See you later. I would rather lose 10 grand a month. Buggers. Right? Than be unhappy and try and follow them up for something that's not rewarding. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fire fast. Hire fast. <laughs> you always say fire <laughs> slow. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but that's probably another podcast, guys. I think we've been on here long enough. But... um. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and give us a subscribe out of five stars. Um, and-
and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Guys.